1: College football playoff, I'm told, every year. t Dog, it's going to all work itself out. But what if it works itself out into a knot pulling in six different directions? Best or most deserving? That's the question. Next. Hey, real deal, is it best or most deserving? Hey, T-Bone, is it best or most... Is that all right? You guys, you guys picking up when I'm down here? No. Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Florida State, the penultimate Final Four. Oregon, Ohio State, Texas, Alabama lurking going into conference championship weekend. CFP Executive Director Bill Hancock, quote, most deserving is not anything in the committee's lexicon. They are to rank the best teams in order, and that's what they do for Heather Dinich, Kevin Clark, don't need to say any more. Where do you come down in this most deserving or best debate, and what do you think that means going into the final weekend?
2: It has never been about the best team. It's always been the most deserving. I trust the committee to evaluate resumes, but not talent on the football field. This is not about the eye test. Florida State is winning in for me. Texas is it, uh, better than Alabama for, for resume. They should get it ahead of those teams. If the season graces you with de facto quarterfinals, believe those results. I look at resume, not the eye test. I think I, I do not think that the best has anything to do with it. If it did, Ohio State would be in the mix and they're just not.
1: Mm, so you're not with the committee or you think it should be most deserving, not best. Kevin Blackenstone, where do you come down in this debate?
3: I, I agree, too. I am not with the committee. I mean, it seems to me that they value losses more than they value wins, and I say that because Ohio State loses one game on the road by six points, a game in which they outgain Michigan, Michigan moves up one spot in the rankings, and Ohio State falls behind four. I I just don't understand how they came to the conclusions that they did. So to me, going into this championship weekend, the, the big deal would be not winning, but what happens if you lose. So a lot of things are in play this week, and I think the only team that is safe is going to be Michigan going up against an Iowa team that doesn't have much of an offense. Woody Page, you heard the committee say
1: it is best, not most deserving. How do you come down on it?
4: I'm going with the committee and against all the Kevins that are on this show today. (laughs) I believe that When you look at it and give it the eye test, as I do, but add research to the eye test. Mm -hmm. That research shows you that Florida State has the worst strength of schedule. I don't care about strength of record. That that makes no sense to me. So here's what I think happens and should happen. Mm -hmm. The winner of the uh, the SEC championship, the winner of the Pac-12 going out of business championship, Uh, if Michigan wins and if, uh, if indeed, uh, Texas wins its championship, those are the four teams that should be in. Florida State should be left out. In fact, I think if Florida State is not the best team because it doesn't have the best quarterback anymore that it had and barely won the last game that it won, Ohio State should slip in ahead of Florida State, in my opinion. So I'm giving you exactly the way it should go, and that is the mm-hmm. best four so teams. So you are there. They- in the playoffs.
1: Using your eye test with research, the AI test, Woody, if you will. You can use that. Uh, Bill Plaschke, how about you? Is it best or most deserving in the Plaschke rankings?
5: Yeah, I'm going against the Kevins. It has to be best. Why is there a committee? If it's most deserving, we'd use a computer. The committee has to use the eye test. It has to be the best, and using that eye test, Florida State does not get in. I saw them play Florida. They were outgained by a five-win team. They gained like 230 yards. Without George Travis, they're a completely different team. The, the committee even said it. I don't care if they beat Louisville and undefeated uh, Power Five Conference champion, they don't deserve to be in the top four. They're not one of the four best teams. The best teams, the best teams would be the the winner of the, of the Big Ten, Pac-12, Big 12, and SEC. Those are the four best teams. Even if it's Alabama over Georgia, then you have
1: uh, an yes. SEC situation. Nick Saban says it would be a crime, but you have to have Texas over Alabama in that instance, don't you? Kevin Clark, I'll bring you back in here because you're shaking your head no on the idea that Florida State needs to be viewed differently.
2: It's a slippery slope when you leave out an undefeated Power 5 champion. That should be an automatic bid, in my opinion. If the one-loss teams want to get in, they should have thought about that before becoming one-loss teams.
3: Kevin Blackstone? But you can't because you have conference championships now. And if you're going to talk about the eye test, whatever happened to strength of schedule, which we used to talk about? The SEC has the strongest strength of schedule of all the conferences. Ohio State has the strongest strength of schedule of all the teams that have played. Are we throwing those things out of the uh, out of the mix? But then you would be
1: putting that ahead of a head-to-head Kevin Blackstone because Alabama and the SEC is a better conference, that would vault them ahead of Texas, who they lost to in Tuscaloosa? It, it might do that. Sure. Woody, I'll give you the last word.
4: Yeah, Kevin Clark, uh, Pac-12 has had a champion for years and years, that didn't get into the Final Four. So don't give me the Power Five automatically he gets into defeated, the Final Four because that's he not, said not the, the case. Defeated.
1: that's what he was speaking about. All right. I
4: was told. I don't
1: care. That it works itself out.
4: <laughs> it works itself out every
1: year, except it always works itself out for four teams. Doesn't necessarily work for the ones that we don't. <sighs> Thank you for this, gentlemen. I love it. I can't get enough of the chaos. We'll move on. Chaos. NBA in-season tourney. Speaking of chaos, last night was the final out-of-group stage. Sacramento's win over Golden State was thrilling for a couple of reasons. Kings didn't need to win. it just needed to not lose by 12 or more. They were down 24 early, came back. So this is a game that had basically a game-winner from Malik Monk. They didn't need to win the game. Nice add-on. Sac advances. Milwaukee also undefeated in the group stage full Giannis game combo to beat Miami Lakers Pacers made it through undefeated Celtics Pelicans are in Suns and Knicks the wild card to the knockout stage as they had the right combination of wins and point differential now we talk about the point differential in this in-season tournament Donovan Mitchell said playing for it was awkward as the Cavs were playing starters late in a block trying to get more points to no avail they missed out Both Jalen Brown, Josh Hart agreed that it was weird to play for point differential even though their Celtics and Knicks did advance. Didn't like running up points, they said. You can see Joe Mazzula talking it out with Billy Donovan while Boston was up two dozen and continuing to foul Andre Drummond to get into the line last night. So, Bill, what just happened and did it work?
5: It worked. This is tremendous. We complain so much that our stars don't play. Well, in this tournament, the Stars play every minute. They play to, to the end of the game. Okay. In a late November game, that usually does not mean anything. That's huge for the fans. And I'm coming from a, a, a Laker perspective. The Lakers are really pumped about this. And I know the $500,000 is not a lot for some of the billionaires in the league, but it's a lot for guys at the end of the bench. And you see Stars playing for their brethren at the end of the bench. You see teams bonding together over this. This has been huge. It's been great for basketball. It's, it's made it watchable. I mean, look, look at Malik Monk last night. That was tremendous. And you don't see that kind of energy in that kind of full 48-minute play during, the, the during a normal that November game.
1: Malik Monk, he had a game winner. They didn't really need the game winner. They had already advanced at that point. Does that take anything but away But he was from
5: into that? it. He was so into it. He was. He That's was. the thing. These
1: players are so into it. Can we all just appreciate that Bill said from a Lakers perspective? <laughs> you didn't need to tell us that. You're always thinking it from the Lakers perspective. Kevin Blackstone, to you.
3: Well, I'll agree with Bill that it sure did make for some exciting play. And a couple of games yesterday were absolutely uh, thrilling. Milwaukee and the Heat was a great game. But I am a little bit uncomfortable with the port point differential thing, even though Candace Parker pointed out that's what happens in the European model, at least in the in the women's side uh, of this thing. But doesn't it encourage unsportsmanlike behavior that you're just running up the score? Isn't this something we had in college football, where we used to talk about this years ago and whether or not it was it – was, it it was a good look to have a team just run up the score on somebody late in order to try and influence the voters. I think that's the I think that's the the tightrope that you're walking here in the NBA, and I hope that they figure out some way to kind of adjust that going into this in-season tournament next year, which I hope they keep. Woody Page walking a tightrope. Ah, that's just a
1: normal Wednesday for me. Go ahead.
4: KB, I got the solution for you. Being solutions-oriented, uh, I turned 180 degrees on this uh, tournament, play-in tournament. I think it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But that point differential, as a guy that's had to deal with point differential for the last 21 years, I <laughs> want no part of it. I want the eye test at the end of the show. Uh, Guess what? Here's how you settle it. Before the play-in tournament, All the teams in the bracket play the other teams in the bracket in a regular season game. So when you get into the tournament, it's head-to-head as we find in soccer tournaments in Europe that are playing it's a very simple answer you get rid of point differential
1: Okay. Wait, wait. now you're adding on another variable to something that is already through some people's eyes too complicated and and it's not always head-to-head in soccer that's the whole point that, that the U.S. saved Mexico that year a couple years ago and it was the, one of the great moments they weren't playing head-to-head Kevin Clark I turn to you
2: Give me more points. Nope. Just like Bill comes at it from an Orlando, a Los Angeles Lakers perspective, I come to it from an Orlando Magic perspective. Yesterday morning, I'm going through all the scenarios. It was like reading a treasure map. They needed three teams to lose. They needed then to get the, the second place tiebreaker. I didn't understand it. I would simplify it like Woody. However, I would just go single elimination, make it like March Madness, make it a true national phenomenon.
1: Mm. All right, so you would go for the big tournament, 64, or in this case, the other, and, and, and grid it down, although that, they still need some more teams. You'd have to promote some teams from the back end. But you agree with Woody? G-League, baby. That, then that'll be it. Woody gets his final point. His point differential change. Single elimination. Single point elimination. Me. First to one wins. Let's go around the horn. All right, take it a break here. Buy or sell on the other side. That's
4: a bad point differential. Somebody ran up the
0: score on me.
3: What the wizard?
0: Around the Horn is presented by Bullet Frontier Whiskey. Please drink responsibly. Part of Happy Hour. Welcome back to Around the Horn, coming to you from the seaport. Brought to you by Chase.
1: Bobby Petrino back at Arkansas. Woo, pig suey. It's official. Next offensive coordinator for the Razorbacks. Yesterday, it was that they were vetting Petrino. It's possible his history as Arkansas head coach came up while vetting. Possible the image of him at the press conference and the investigation and cover up. It's an impermissible relationship with staff member. Firing. Possible all that came up. Kevin Blackenstone, buyer, sell this hiring?
3: No, I have to sell it. I mean, we're talking about a college campus. You're talking about a coach who supposedly is there, in part, to mold young men. How can you have that background of being fired at that institution Part of which included you possibly lying to police officers about the uncirc- uh, unfortunate circumstances of an accident that are embarrassing, and you want to lead young men? No, you cannot have this on your college. Kevin career. Clark?
2: Selling everything about this, including the contract, which is for a lot of money. There's a country club membership in there. What, who are they bidding against? For Bobby Petrino, who's not even on the short list of top offensive minds in college football, the most worrying part of this, and potentially the most embarrassing thing, is that Sam Pittman, the head coach, is on the hot seat. The the AD had to commit to bring him back next year. Always a bad sign. There could be interim head coach Bobby Petrino at Arkansas. This is a disaster for the university. Bill Plaschke, the University of Arkansas has a termination policy that states if you are
5: fired from the university for cause, you cannot be rehired. This will require a presidential approval to to, to get Petrino hired. I can't believe the president of the University of Arkansas is is down with this. I can't believe that the the students are down with this. I can't believe somebody isn't saying something. This can't happen. And Woody Page.
4: Well, I'm also selling it, but I've done the research on the policy, the terminal policy, and he really doesn't fit into that bill because they've changed it. The board of trustees, there's changed it three different times after he left. And before he came back uh, to, to now. So the president's school was there when he was fired, and he still approves it. So it makes no difference what we think about it because they're bringing him back even though we're against it.
1: We'll move on. Buyer cell two, the Jets clearing Aaron Rodgers for functional football activities. What does that mean? That he's practicing, and a 21 day practice window starts now. And the plan, or the possibility, he could return this season remains that. It's 76 days since Rodgers announced surgery went great, Kevin Clark. What does it mean?
2: It means this is getting more real by the day. I was a skeptic, but what he's been cleared for now is routes on air, throwing individual routes. Robert Sala said this isn't about being cleared for a game. It's about the next step in the rehab process. So I thought it was maybe just a fantasy, maybe him just talking a couple of months ago. But you don't get cleared for this unless you are very, very far ahead in your rehab, and he is. Bill Plasky.
5: If Aaron Rodgers pulls this off, this will be the greatest record Achievement of his career. Previously, no NFL player has come back from an Achilles tendon injury within five months. If he does it this quickly, good for him. I mean, there's, there's, it's unbelievable. I just hope he doesn't. He's not going to get hurt coming back. I hope the Jets fans don't get their hopes up. It's still a slim chance, but good for him for going. Woody pitch mm-hmm.
4: Well, I appreciate and 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 applaud his. Uh, efforts to try and come back. It would be an incredible achievement if he was able to do it, but he keeps saying that he wouldn't come back to play uh, unless the Jets were in the offering of a playoff and they only have a chance that's less than 1%. So I don't see it happening.
1: KB, do you view this more as a football story or a medical story?
3: I think this is more of a medical story. I mean, how many, how often do we hear now of an athlete going down with a torn Achilles? So This is normally a 9- to 12-month Rehab. Here's a guy, two and a half months, and he's already back to practicing on the field. So I think this is a great thing for medical science, athletic medical science. If this happens in the future, people will blow out their Achilles. Maybe they can look at Aaron Rodgers' experiment and have a little bit more hope to getting back to playing quicker.
1: Buyer sell three. Caleb Williams telling the LA Times, It's a game time decision. Quote, It's a game time decision. End quote. On whether he'll declare for the NFL Draft, Bill Plaschke, do you believe that?
5: No, it's done. He's going to the NFL. There's no way he He's a guaranteed number one overall pick. He's not going to risk his safety, not for this, a USC program that's really been struggling and really didn't help him out much this year. No, he's gone. Woody Page? I
4: believe he's gone too, Bill, but I think you're too far in the forest to see the trees that he and his father are going to use this as leverage against maybe the Chicago Bears who have the number one pick and they're going to take it right up to them before they make a decision because they could say we're not going to come to you we're going to go back to USC. Mm -hmm.
1: Bears could have number one pick they could have the number two pick as well Kevin Blackestone.
3: Look at the videos that you just showed. Was that Caleb Williams doing what he made do best and that's passing the ball? No, that was him running for his life behind an offensive line out there that wasn't that good. So, no, he's coming back. He's headed to the pros. He's not going back to college.
2: He's making a decision. Do you want to play for Matt Eberflus or Lincoln Riley? And right now, I'd go with the hazard pay and go with Matt Eberflus and go to Chicago. <laughs> he is not coming back to college. This was decided a long time ago. He's going pro. <laughs>
1: that as well. And that'll be the last word. Woody Page, Kevin Clark, thank you for your time today. But it's a Bill different. Kevin Blackstone showdown. East Coast Co- right 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 next.
0: ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One. Around the Horn is presented by Bullet Frontier Whiskey. Please drink responsibly. Part of happy hour.
1: Bill Plaschke, Kevin Black, it's done. Good luck in Showdown. Number 12, Kentucky. Blew out number 8, Miami, yesterday. 95 73. Showdown 1, Bill Plasky, More of a statement from Kentucky or lack thereof from Miami.
5: I hate saying this as a little guy, but Kentucky made a big statement. They don't even have Bradshaw back at their big seven footer. And Reed Shepard, the son of Jeff Shepard, former most valuable player of the Final Four. He's a star now. It's an exciting team to watch. and I hate to say that.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, you can say it because it's true. Five for nine from the three-point line. That's what Reed Shepard was. And they, they beat a legitimate top ten team. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is uh, Kentucky letting everybody know we are back.
1: Reed Shepard, the son of Stacy Shepard, a Hall of Famer. And her right. mom's the Hall of Famer from that program. One of wow. the greats of all time. We'll move on. Panthers owner David Tepper's 14-minute explanation we the two pick and, 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 uh, of how and, uh, confident they are in Bryce, was was right. in Bryce Young yesterday and unanimous in Bryce Young and his future. He did mention playing. they were thinking about C.J. Stroud when they thought they were drafting number two, but then he said he was unanimous in Bryce Young. He's a patient owner. How did those 14 minutes go over to you, Kevin?
3: What a joke. A patient owner, his seventh firing of a coach, Counting his MLS team and Scott Fowler, one of the great columnists down there, trying to get in a question in the front row, and they won't even call on him because they know that he's going to criticize him as he should do. Mm -hmm.
5: Bill Plaschke? Yeah, this was defensive. It was condescending. It was a bad press conference. And, again, I mean, he's talking about patience. If if he's really behind Bryce Young, he's got to stick with Frank Reich, And he can't fire him in the first season when Bryce Young's not working out. Give give the kid time. Give the program time.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Showdown 2-2 two to two right now, which is interesting because I said we have a robbery between Plashkey and Blackstone on this show. For our young viewers, this is their 77th showdown matchup against each other all time. 38-38 to 38 is the head-to-head. Woo! Here we go. Showdown Woof. 3 to decide it. Tyreek Hill telling CBS Sports Galazzo that these Dolphins, the way they practice, the way they play for each other, they're the better team than those KC Super Bowl
5: teams he was on. Do you believe that, Bill? I love Tyreek. I love the way he talks. I watch him on Hard Knocks. He's, he's yapping all the time. Good for him, but I don't believe a word he says. I don't believe a word of this. No, the Chiefs are a better team, better defense. They beat him this year. They'll beat him again. Blackstone. Bill, you remember, remember what Tyreek said this summer? This
3: summer back in July, he said that the new quarterback he was with, the guy named Tua, was the most accurate quarterback he had ever played with. Guess what? Kind of looks right right now, right? Whoa. So I'm buying this, Whoa.
5: absolutely with Miami. Come look at it, KB. No, no, he's not better than Mahomes. <laughs> That's what
1: accurate. He said. And how the team has each other's back in the locker room are different things. Kevin Blackiston just took a showdown to take he stole the lead. <laughs> Thirty-nine, thirty-eight.
3: Yeah. Okay, so I know the holiday season is here and everybody's going out shopping. I don't know what's wrong with your computer. You can find stuff right there. But when you get to the parking lot, if you see a spot, just pull in. Don't give me the back in thing where everybody has to wait for you. You pull up a little bit, you back up a little bit, you pull up a little bit, you back up a little (laughs) bit. Taking up everybody's time, just pull in. Worry about getting out later. You got a rear view mirror, all right? But don't hold the rest of us up. Actually, I'm not gonna be shopping like that. I use the computer. If we're out there, please, that's your holiday shopping tip. So,
5: you don't even go. Did there.
1: not see that FaceTime coming. I have to be honest with you. We'll see you tomorrow around the horn.
3: Man people to camp.